God is the evolutionary impulse of the universe. I, that is, to me, a better description than a religious description, because that description removes God from religion and makes God accessible to everybody from, you understand? It, it frees the concept of God from the confines of religion. When you say God is the evolutionary impulse of the universe. So that's where I, I um, tried to compromise just so that I could still hold on to the concept of, you know, God. Welcome to the Mommy Mogul Mastery Podcast. If you are looking for a place to get real about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship, if being part of a community of successful, purposeful, and faith-filled mommy mogul sounds like the right place for you, then come on in, sis. Have a seat and get comfortable because you have found your place and you have found your people. Today, we have three very special guests. These are my girls from way back. And uh, the first person is Natasha James. Uh, the second lady is Decora Noble and Darlene Charles. Y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves. Natasha, go first. Hello, everyone. My name is Natasha James, founder of Tasha's Touch LLC. I am one of the mommy moguls in the Mommy Mogul Mastery Program. And um, I'm currently working on a financial literacy program. Um What's the name of your program? Called Financially Fabulous and Free. You guys will see it coming out soon. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Miss Darlene. Oh, hi. My name is Darlene Charles. I am the author of my first book. First of many. <laughs> For, uh, it's called The Life I Ordered. I wrote this uh, about um, maybe four years ago, and I am on, uh, in my head is spinning my second book, but for now, this is my first book. Awesome, and, um, and we, yeah. can, we can get that on Amazon, right? Because I'll make sure I put it on in the Amazon. show notes. I'll, yeah, I'll, get, I'll send you the link for the book. It's okay. available on Amazon.com. Thank you. Shall awesome. Mr. Okay. Cora. Hey, everybody. No, I can't be all, I can all you know, together. Hey, everyone. My name is Takora Noble, co-author of um, Connected for God's Purpose. Um, it's a devotional. And for everyone. Um, also, I'm just so happy to be here with my sisters. And let's see, I'm just a mom. Yes. I love it. I love it. So I'm excited to have you guys here because when we met, I think it was, what, seven, eight years ago, we were in totally different places. In case y'all don't know, because y'all probably don't know, we all worked for the same um, municipality way back. And so the way that we have evolved over time has just been really something beautiful to see, not only as women, but in our motherhood journeys. And now two of the ladies got books out, you know, two were business owners. So it's really, really and amazing to see so for anyone who's listening if you're like mm -hmm. man i i'm afraid to walk away from my job or step out and do something different because ain't nobody telling you to just up and quit your job mm -hmm. but if you're afraid to do something different don't mm -hmm. be because mm -hmm. if you start now imagine where you can be a year from now so get totally. out of your head 
Mm-hmm. Try to dismiss any limiting beliefs. And if you can't listen to us in the meantime, because this podcast will get you all the way together. Okay. So <laughs> I want to start by asking Darlene, I'm going to go with you first, because I know that your book, The Life I Ordered, was very near and dear to your heart. So what encouraged you to finally like take what you were feeling and what you were thinking and put it, you know, pen to paper and put that out for the world to see. Hey, before we get too far into the episode, I want to tell you about the breakaway calculator. This thing is absolutely amazing. Not only will it tell you how to reverse engineer your numbers so that you can make sure that the math is math in and that you are meeting your income goals for the year, but it also tells you what you need to have in your offer suite because you can't sell what you don't have, right? It also gives you a price point for each of those, like an ideal price point. But if you want to change it up, girl, do your thing. It's all you, okay? So not only does it break it down yearly for you, but it also breaks it down monthly and quarterly so that you can make sure that the math is mathing all the way through the year and help you to stay on track. If you want to get a copy of that, go to calculator.breakawayblueprint.com. All right, back to the episode. So I don't think I started out, I set out to write a book with this. I was really going through a lot of turmoil in my life. I had, there was like a silent storm within me and I have always been able to express myself through my writing. That is the the way I express myself clearly. Mm -hmm. So I started out really just um, writing what I was feeling so I could get it out. You know what I mean? I always say like music, like there are two things that I think I cannot live without and be happy other than my children it's music and writing i think music for me is like the thing that centers me and i'm calm and it kind of helps me define what i'm feeling and then writing helps me express it so i because of all that i was in a a terrible place i was just in a lot of turmoil inside and I, i i was so sad and and unhappy and I, writing is, is, was my therapy. So I began to write what I was feeling. I write my thoughts. I mean, I was furiously writing. And some, I would go back and look at it. I'm like, oh, no, uh, let's not say this like this. So, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of anger and there was a lot of resentment. The earliest, um, um, you know, writing, oh, there was a lot of anger and resentment coming through. But as I began, I realized I had so much material. I said, okay, I should turn this into a book. But it took me a year to edit it. My daughter wrote a book, published it during the time I was waiting because I knew it. I wasn't ready. As much as mm. I wanted to get it out there, I wanted it to be right. I wanted it to say what I needed it to say the way I needed it to say. And so I've, it took me a good year to edit it because some of the, you know, <laughs> when I look back at my first manuscript, it is so different from the complete book. There is so much anger mm-hmm. in it and uh, and the the words that i use i mean n- the message would not have been delivered you know people would not have been able to receive what i had to say even if they don't agree you know it was bad it was bad so yeah. i edited it think, out mm-hmm. do you think that coming to like the point where okay it took me a year to edit it i finally put it out there was that like a healing moment for you or did you feel like yes. okay, okay. Yeah, writing it was healing. Writing it was healing. Putting it out was terrifying because mm. I knew, I know, and I knew what putting it out would mean. I was right. risking a whole lot. 
putting it out because this book is is a departure from how I grew up. And mm-hmm. I was risking a lot, but I, I had come to the place where I knew I wanted to live honestly. I didn't want mm-hmm. to have one thought process and be pretentious. I wanted people mm-hmm. to know where I stood and, and it's either they like it or don't, either they accept it or don't. If they love me, they should love me with all, you know what I mean? As right. I am where I am. And so I took yeah. the risk and I put it out and it was just, it was a, I, I don't, it, the emotion that I felt, it was, it was, it was very um, freeing, I think, very mm. freeing because, you know, you're holding back and holding back and holding back. Let once once I let it go, I, I felt um, free. I felt this is it. The, everybody is going to know where I stand, and and I was good with it. I was in a good place at that point, I, and I knew that I could um, have the discussion. One of the things that I wanted is for people to be able and willing to ask me, yeah. you know, about what I wrote in the book, and so we could have the discussion. And so I felt ready at that point. You know, that's why I I was able to put it out then. Well, I I read the book and it was very revealing for sure because Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you had certain viewpoints, um, especially surrounding like religion. Religion. Yeah. And at that time, I was in a different place with Mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. So when I read it, because of who I am, I understood and because I love you, I was very Mm -hmm. open to what your Mm -hmm. message was, but Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily agree agree right and that was okay right because it's okay to disagree like to Cora, you've um you've co-authored a book and it's a devotional so and you guys are are friends so <laughs> i think it's, it's amazing yeah that we can all have different um opinions about things yeah. and still um be able to get along because in a very polarizing world yeah. where everything is like you know you got to pick a side either you're with me or you're not I think yeah. it's important to showcase, you know, a panel of women who have different views about things and can still manage yeah. to come together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the book was definitely very revealing to me. I would recommend that people read it <clears throat> just so they can be more open, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know if the goal was for people to um, to see who you were or if they were to see themselves in the book. I'm not sure what your goal was. It was both. It was both because I needed them to know who, where I stood. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to have this type of conversation, as you can imagine. Um, The book, let me just so that people understand, the book is really about my departure from religion, my decision Mm -hmm. to walk away from it, and it is very, very difficult to have conversations with people that have known you to be one way and you have walked away from it and they don't know how to interact with you anymore, you know, and you don't know, I don't know how to have the conversation without everybody going dead silent. I don't know how to, (laughs) or, or or blocking me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was my way of saying it because I think writing was my best way of communicating. So I, I really figured that writing it would um, be the first step and then but I do think it's both I really wanted them to, to to know where I stood but I know for sure there are many people who are struggling with the same issues and I wanted them to know that it was okay right yeah mm. 
Tasha, you read the book, right? I did. I did. And I can tell you, it was page turning. I do understand, though, what what you mean when you say, you know, when people know you as being one way, but then you transition into something else or you just simply grow out of the person that they know you of, it's it's uncomfortable, right? So I, I do understand that part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But it's I don't shy away from discussions. I don't, and I'm okay with everybody being mm -hmm. who they are, believing who they are, who believing what they want to believe. The problem is they're not okay with me. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I've never shied away from the discussion, but that's what makes me sad. Yeah. You should be okay with me because I'm okay with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But right. it's it's fine. Like you like you said, Takora and I have differing views, mm -hmm. but we, we like we have so much in common. Like yeah. it's okay to have differing that so this is what frustrates me. People seem not to know <laughs> that it's okay to have differing views. I mean, right. like, you know, it's we have to be able to disagree agreeably. Yeah, and know that you know the friendship and the love we have for each other transcends all of that. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, like, where were you? You don't have to. <laughs> huh? You don't have to pick a side. Like you don't have to say, "Well, since yes, she's no longer there, I can be her friend, or I can't talk to her right. because she's no person that I knew before." Right. It's like right. you you really don't have to pick a side. Love me for me for who I am. Right. And yeah. um, some people get it and some people don't. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mr. Cora, what were your thoughts when you read the book? Oh, have you read the well, book? I, was a <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. I would yes. say for somebody like Sakura, You know, it was, yeah, it was I, difficult I, for me, but I knew, um, remember, we worked together. So yeah. I know mm -hmm. what her beliefs were. And she know what mm -hmm. minds were. That was it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. difficult for me because some of the words that she used with God kind of, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's my daddy. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit offended yeah. at times. But <laughs> if I closed her out, how could she mm -hmm. see God in me? If mm -hmm. I blocked her out, where is the God in me mm -hmm. so that she can mm -hmm. so that he can be revealed in me? So I couldn't right. do that. She is a friend. The yeah. thing that God has given us all, free will. So mm -hmm. if, yep. he has given all of us free will. Why should I now, you know, say, no, I can't be her friend? Right, because in, in a way, then you're trying to play God, God, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I understood. Yeah. And, and the thing also about it, I realized that, People move from religion not because of God, but because of man. Because they see people act and do sometimes, they be like, I can't be a God because why are they always hating on somebody else? They don't show Christ, you know? And then sometimes you be like, oh, God wouldn't do this, God wouldn't do that. But as a Christian, I know that who is the ruler of this earth. So yeah. I understand. And then and then really i tend to um not even identify as a christian but i have a very strong relationship with god and it's because i, I just 
like you say, right? Man will take you away from the church just because there's so many different stuff. So, so many different things going on. So me, it was important for me to have a strong relationship with God more than it was to have a relationship with the church. Um, so I later on, I really understood because and I see how it can be used to manipulate. And that's a historical thing, right? They've always used Christianity to try and manipulate people. So I said, well, you know what? Let me just instead of someone else coming and bringing the word of God to me, I'm going to seek it myself. I'm going to seek God myself. So I understand better now what Darlene was talking about in that book. And I mean, I, again, don't 100% like see everything the same way, but I, I have a very clear understanding of what she was going through and, you know, why she wrote the book. Um, but Mr. Cora. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. But, but before, maybe I can come back to this a little, a little later. I'll come back to it. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. It's fresh, girl. Don't forget. Girl, yeah. go ahead. Hey, honey. Go ahead. No, sorry. So, so I wanted, I wanted to clarify something. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't leave religion because uh, I left church because of church people. Mm-hmm. I left church because of church people. So that was the first step. I walked away from church. I really wanted nothing to do with that culture. And then I walked away from Christianity as a religion. I didn't like that religion. You know, I walked away from that. So it was a, it was a slow march. This happened over a period of about 10 years is what this, this poem was going on inside me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, over a period of 10 years, it, because I, I tried so many ways to not do it. I tried to find a workaround, but, you know, it, I, I wasn't satisfied. And, and um, it, well, I'm curious, a lot of what things was the workaround? What was the workaround? <laughs> Give me an like, example for, of the workaround. I'm curious. For, yeah, for example, I, I was done with Christianity. I'm like, I don't like, I don't like Christianity. Christianity. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can be a Buddhist or something. Maybe I, maybe I can be some other religion. I mm-hmm. even tried to redefine the concept of God for myself. At one point, I had liked um, Deepak Chopra's definition when he said God is the evolutionary impulse of the universe. I, that is, to me, a better description than a religious description because that description removes God from religion and makes God accessible to everybody from, you understand? It, it frees yeah. the concept of God from the confines of religion. When you say God is mm-hmm. the evolutionary impulse of the universe. So that's where I, yeah. I um, tried to compromise just so that I could still hold on to the concept of, you know, God. Mm-hmm. So, but, that, but, but I eventually I just, I was like, it's okay to let it all go. And that's when I, I, I said, I, I was good. Now, I know somebody's going to be listening like, well, if she don't believe in God, then what does she believe in? So, people. so, so great question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people do ask me, what do you believe? I'm like, it's not that I don't believe in anything. I do. I do believe in the, cap- what, I, what, what I do want is to make sure that what I believe is true and makes sense. And I don't want to accept something just because I'm told to accept it. I don't want to accept something just because I'm afraid to not accept it, that what the consequence, consequences will be 
if I don't accept it. Mm. It must make sense to me. And so if it doesn't, I'm not going to suspend reason in order to believe something. But I do believe human beings have the capacity within us to solve our problems. We are the ones that create the problems. We have the capacity to solve them. I think we all have the capacity. You and I, we show up for each other. You know, we have doctors and we have nurses and we have soldiers out there like like risking their lives to create a better world for, for us. I think people, we are the ones that that are going to rescue ourselves. We are the ones that are going to um, redeem the world. We are the ones that can bring about peace. Us. But it's because we are greedy. We are selfish. We are never satisfied. It, you know, that is where the issues are but the issues that we create we can solve and that is what i believe i think um yeah i don't totally disagree with that just because i think that one of the major problems right now in our society is that we don't have any accountability everybody is doing whatever they want to do how they want to do it like yeah yeah so yeah i do believe that a lot of issues that are going on are things that we are creating and Mm -hmm. you know for me, God may be letting them happen. Like, all right, now y'all keep at it. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> but, but you I, know, I, I have a, I'm sorry. I have a, no, I have a cousin who's a pastor and she, she and I are really, really close. And I've, I've said to her, one of the reasons, I find churches that generally becoming very irrelevant. I think, but that's, I think it's because they are focusing on, uh, you know, they just you go to church every Sunday, you hear the same thing every, every week, you know what I mean? The same people. They are not reaching people where they are. They are so for you, like you pass homeless people on the way mm. to church. You know what I mean? There, there are so many ways that the church can become relevant again. But when you have four churches on one street and everybody is poor, you are not sending a message that is attractive. You mm. know what I mean? Ouch. When you have, <laughs> when, you understand what I'm saying? I do. But that, I but, but, yeah, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying that there's no role for churches, mm-hmm. but they have to redefine what their purpose is in a community, not just go out there and proselytize and try to tell people come and, and become Christians. Go and feed them without asking anything of them and let them come to you. Go to them, feed them, clothe them, help them. You know, shelter them, counsel them, hug them, give them what they need without requiring that they come to your, 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 and join your church or, you know, join your religion. Just be the human. Yeah. You understand? I I think think that is where the churches. A lot of these churches want to be mega churches too, right? And so, but I was just talking to Natasha about this earlier Mm -hmm. this week. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop watching this pastor because one, he rarely shows up to church. And I understand that, you know, family, you got to spend time with your family. And so he, you know, does leave the church with other people um, to pastor over it. But I'm just like, well, it's such a big show. And I'm just worried, like, where is where's the meat? The Tasha said, well, you know, I think of it like, you know, take the meat and leave the bone. I said, well, this is a where's the meat type of situation. Like, I don't, under, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. grasping. So that's why, and I don't want those kinds of things to make me um, feel jaded about, you know, any particular person or church or anything like that. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to open the word for myself 
I'm going to read for myself. And, cool. and maybe, you know, my interpretation is not the best of what I'm reading, but I just, I find that it would probably be better for me to interpret for myself than to have some pastor interpret it for me. Because maybe the message that he is getting is suited for him. And the word that I get is from me because you read the word. Well, I believe that when you read the word, it'll read you back. So I think that nobody can interpret that for me. Like I, uh, in Kings 2, um, when Elisha goes to the widow, mm-hmm. that story, I just, first of all, I love <laughs> this story. And every <laughs> time I read it, I get something different every single time. And like, honestly, my whole business is based on this. Like mm. just being able to pour out and like the fact, listen, I'm about to get started. It's happening. Because I'm so passionate about this story. Like, you know, he tells her, go and have your sons, you know, get as many vessels as you can. And and don't be shy. Like, go get as many as you can. But of course, you know, what do we do? We go and tiptoe and like, hey, can I borrow a jar? Can I borrow a vessel? Get can ma'am, you cooking dinner tonight? No, give me all the pots. Give me all the pots you got. You know what I mean? Like, but they didn't do that. And so I'll read it one time and I'll say, man, how many times have I not gotten enough vessels to fill? Or I'll read it another time and say, man, how many times have I had an opportunity to pour out and didn't? You know, listen, I again, I went off on a tangent, but I really feel like every time you start reading the word, it'll start reading you back, which is why it's important for you to have a relationship with, you know, your higher power or, you know, God or Buddha or whatever, whoever you believe in. It's important for you to be able to interpret that. You don't, it don't got to come from somebody else. Cause I think that that's what people get caught up in is, well, the pastor said this and the pastor, what, what do you say? What do you say? Cause even when they're reading the word. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. uh, A few things that was stated that I know. I do agree with Darlene, the definition that she used regarding God is the evolution of I'm not sure. That oh, the impulse. Yeah. Yeah. He is, because he is the creator. So he is the evolution of everything. Um, Shawnee, you just stated that, you know, it's sometimes it's good to read the Bible for yourself, which is good. You don't have to go to a pastor. But mm-hmm. you have the mastery in mommy mogul. That's what you're teaching Natasha. If I go to Natasha mm-hmm. and ask her for information, she cannot give her the information because you got it just like a pastor. Sometimes we have to go to the pastor to get more information. But then what we do after that, we go in for ourselves. Natasha Mm -hmm. cannot be that mommy mogul mastery unless you've given her and equipped her with the things necessary to evolve. Correct, Natasha? So that's how I see it when it comes to You know, so I understand both ways, but I always say when you go to church, church is just a place. We are the church. The church is an institution. If a nurse want to be a, be, um, someone be a nurse, she go to the hospital or somewhere to, to get that education, to, to get the, the little intricate things of becoming a nurse. She can't just read, a, read that nursery thing for herself and say, okay, I'm good. That's why the pastor went to school for it. 
so he can equip those who want to learn. But not, don't just think, okay, whatever the pastor said, that's it. Because pastors are just human beings. They're just men. And that's why there's so many different interpretations. And that's why you said when you read the Bible, you get so many, in that one scripture, you get so many different things like, ah, oh, God, wow, you tell me this? And that's what, man, because the same way you're getting five things out of that one scripture, that's what God wants to do because there's emptiness in everything and every vessel that God wants to pour in. So sometimes we say, you know, we're going to hold on to the tithes and the offering. But in that scripture, he said, come on, prove me. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I give this pastor all my money? We're not, when you give to a pastor, never think you are giving it to him. You're giving it to, because a, a, a church is just, it's a home. It's got mm-hmm. to pay light, it's got to pay water, the things that is needed for it. So that's why religion sometimes, you said right with that pastor, you stop watching him because you have to take care of his, you know, his family. That's why he equipped others to do it for him, you know, but not every pastors are leaders, not every pastor were called. That's where a relationship with God, having the Holy Spirit that can give you discernment of who you need to, you know what? I don't, I don't really fancy this pastor. I just, I need to stay back. I need to do something else. That's why there's so many different churches and so many different names because God can fulfill each name. Miracles through prayer and faith ministries because miracles can happen through prayer and ministry through God. Another church called the kingdom of holiness because that's how God wants to see people in holiness. Different church have different portions of who God is. So that's mm-hmm. why there's so many of them. But relationship, 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 people. It's not about Chris, Christian. It's not about Jehovah Witness. It's about following what God says. And listen, I have so many testimonies. If I give you guys one of them, even my bald head right now is a testimony. I can cut it up <laughs> because I look good. <laughs> I'm not into this, you know, I'm black power thing. No, it was God who just said, shed me. He said, Takora, because you guys knew me. I was the wee visha from the wee visha. <laughs> I think I was born with a weave. But God just said, you know what? Because I felt like with weave, I wasn't beautiful. You saw this girl with confidence. But I was confidently broken. Mm. But God was listening. Mm. When I when I show people who you are, because now when I put on a wig, I don't look cute no more. Because God just like the words that were spoken over your life, girl, wasn't from me. So that's why you were covering up. But when I strip you down, You're going to love the big forehead. You're going to love everything about TT. And it was not by because I think I was confident. It was nothing else but through the the Holy Spirit that said, listen, girl, you are more than enough. But it's okay because God gave us everyone, everyone, this will, this will. And Mm -hmm. even when the churches falter, 
I can't leave the church because I am the church. Mm. When they do things that I don't like, because the Bible reminds us and the Bible said to us, listen, woe to those who leave my sheep astray. When I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was naked, you did not clothe me. So when those beggars ask me for money, I'm not going to think, okay, he's going to use it to, to buy Coke. I'm feeding him and giving that money because the God in me said, listen, I'm giving you to what you asked me for. You said, you're hungry. I'm going to give you that money to, to buy food. If you want to use it to buy anything else, that's not on my shoulder. That's my yeah. ticket. Sorry, girls. You know me already. I'm no, passionate. No, I know you're I passionate about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm gonna ask so you say to Cora. The one thing you say was um discernment. And I think that's something that we all have inside of us. So when when um Darlene talks about, you know, churches on every corner, so that can be you you have to have that discernment to say, you know, is this church here just because somebody wants to portray a pastor? or portray something um, that they see looks good, right? And that's where it comes where, you know, people go to church, to a church where maybe a pastor is not called to give the word. They don't have that discernment or they're not paying attention to that discernment to say, okay, yeah, this is not for me. So then within that, they're broken because, you know, the pastor is doing things that, a pastor shouldn't do, right? So when they see things like that, this is what, you know, I feel like um, Darlene has probably went through. When you see things and you know it's wrong and people are still there and praising, you know, this person that's supposed to be a representative of God, supposed to be out feeding the sheep and teaching his people, right? So like, that's enough for somebody to say, you know what? I'm throwing my hands up because, yes, I am giving my money to this guy, right? I see him. I, I'm catching a bus to church, but, you know, every year he's rotating through cars. You know what I'm saying? So things like that could definitely discourage people from, from the church itself, not just Christianity, not just capitalism, not just Buddhism, but the church in itself. So I agree also with Shawnee. You have to to in the Bible says it, prove to show yourself, you know, accountable. Like read the word of God for yourself. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? So go to church on Sundays. The pastor says one thing. Don't just hoot and holler and say, yeah, amen, and that's what I'm running with. You have to study the Bible for yourself. You know, well, well, if if God can talk to him, he surely can talk to me. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. I, mean, I think it's a, a really um, thin line when it comes to religion and relationship that people just don't understand or they don't, because for people to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian because I go to church every day and I, you know, pay my tithes, but you're a Christian on Sundays and then throughout the week, other people see the ungodly, unholy, unchristian things that you're doing doing and again that makes them question is this really real so i mean you you have to it 
for me, I think it comes to accountability and how we as people are leading other people astray. I agree. I That's my take. I it's, it's just, you know, you have to, people have to take accountability. Otherwise, they're going to potentially destroy the lives of others that are watching them that they don't even know. People are always watching but you don't always know that. I, I no, listen. I truly agree because the Bible warns us there are many wolves in sheep clothing. And that's sheep clothing. Yes, ma'am. That's not just pastors, and the, you, sometimes there's some Christians that's not delivered. Meaning, their face just just have this. How there, there's no warmth in your face. So what's in your heart should reveal in your face. And some people just mm. some Christians just look so miserable. Are, are not even approachable. Why are you so miserable or approachable if you have Christ in you? You know? So I do see, listen, I do see the up, the down, the ugly. But like I said, and what and what I what I always hear people say, you know, pastors are riding in the big cars and you're taking the bus. But they are seeing, this is just for me. They are seeing what the devil wants them to see. You see those big churches? You don't really see small churches. People don't talk about the small churches. People talk about the big churches because the big churches is who drive. They don't even drive. They have, what, um, jets and stuff like that? Yeah. My pastor, I can think of my pastor, and the pastor says, I know. My pastor don't get paid from our, our tithes and our offering. He only preaches. Because I'm part of the tre- I'm the treasury board, so I know what comes in. A lot mm. of people don't pay their times at tithes and offering. So I'm, t- I'm saying that pastors are not, they're not getting tithes and offering like that, and that's many churches. But that's what people say, oh, pastors want the money. Pastors want the money. Where is the money? Where is the money? That's what you're seeing in the big, on the TV screen, on the movies, because that's what they want to inject in you. That's what the pastors are talking about, is the money, money, money. No, it's not. It's talking about salvation. There's many churches that talk about salvation. There's many churches who do feed the homeless. I don't want y'all to cuss me out when I ask. No, cuss cuss in a good way. You know, I like to be comfortable. <laughs> but, okay. <clears throat> Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> so, when you get this passionate about... I'm always people, passionate, girl. You know me already. But are you defending your daddy or are you defending the church? No, because if, if we are the bride of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And we are an example of who Jesus is. So I have to defend the church. Who gonna def- It's like, for instance... You're in your house, and I'm coming in talking about your house, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to say, listen, leave my daughter alone. Leave my son alone. You know, even if you know they're doing dirty, you're going to be like, leave my kids alone. You don't live up in here. You know what I'm saying? I'm so it's like, I do understand. It's like, I'm passionate because, yes, I see what the church has done. Or what people mm-hmm. has done, and the church has been the one that has to take the blame. And that's just life. 
and Christ should be the image of the church. So I have to be, I won't say defensive, but I have to be passionate because I love my Jesus. I do. Mm-hmm. And you're you're a Christian, or you say don't you want to don't have to say a Christian anymore, but you're a follower of Jesus and Natasha. <laughs> but we're three different people. Mm-hmm. We are three different people, but doesn't make us different. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just passionate girl. I don't know, but I'm I'm defending Jesus all the way. With my with yeah. my brothers and sisters, because I love them too. But I just want that to be clear, right? Because I think for me, if I were just listening, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't hear that. I would hear like you were defending, you know, yes, I know that they do wrong, but sit down and nope. shut your mouth. Because right? the Bible said, whoa, <laughs> I but I know, so I know that that's not what you are defending. But I think if I was listening, Our listeners, I would... no, I'm not. I just love my Jesus and my people, so right <laughs> So it is not the physical church. It is not the the wrongdoing pastors, you know, because we're wrongdoing people. It is your passion for Christ and your passion for your relationship. Maybe with God because because I have a relationship. I literally. All right, let me just give you one testimony. So when I was working for um at the municipality that I'm working at right now, mm-hmm. I was temp for like six months because I was working for some mm-hmm. um in place with someone. And the last day of my temp position, that should be temp, I was praying. I was like, I was ironing. I was like, Lord, this is my last, my last day. What's going to happen to me? People don't think I'm crazy. But clear as day, I hear the Lord say, you don't trust me. Mm. I said, Lord, forgive me. That same day when I went into the office, Knowing nothing, somebody, my supervisor came to me and said, so Cora, because of your working ability and your love for your customers, we are going to give you this position full time. Wow. The same day, not the next day. Mm-hmm. That's just one testimony, this relationship with the book that I wrote, I'm telling you. Through my fasting and prayer, it's like God will let people see you without you knowing that you're being seen. Because the yeah. person who connected me said, I saw you on Facebook, and there's more in you that God wants revealed. He wants to birth something that is in you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what is that? I don't know. I'm it was, you know, COVID 2020. I was like, what is that? I don't have time. You know, I was mm-hmm. going back to my, get my master's. I'm like, what is it? And she said, you know what? God wants us to write a book. She asked the whole, we had a, um, a chat. And I tell you, the chat, people said yes, and they fall out. But I tell you, when I was writing, mm-hmm. I'm not a writer, but thank God, now I am. The Holy <laughs> Spirit just pouring information in me. Sometimes I read it back, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't write this. Mm. Sometimes I've said things and be like, that was not. I know, so I'm just, I'm just, it's all about to me, it's just relationship. And yes, I do get offensive sometimes because because I know I have a relationship and I want the church to make sure they have a relationship with God that it won't look so bad in others who are watching, Mm -hmm. you know? 
But you know, yeah. no, darling, I'm sorry, babe. Yeah, I like I don't, I don't think I don't want to dwell too much because I know you have more okay. to talk about, right? Other than you know religion. But no, I'll, huh? I'll just say. But but I wanted to say that one of the things that gives credibility to um, church religious people is. Uh, this is what I think. I think that we live in a bubble. We live uh, in the bubble that we grew up in. And in this bubble here, it's uh, the, the dominant religion is Christianity. In another part of the world, people are equally and even more passionate, dangerously so, than Takora about mm -hmm. their religion. Mm -hmm. They are equally as sure that their God is the God. Yeah. So I just think, um, I think one of the first things that would lend credibility to, uh, to a, a person who is a believer in their faith is, their, is a willingness to acknowledge the bubble, acknowledge that if you were born in, let's say, Pakistan, you would be a Muslim. If you were born in India, your religion would probably be Hinduism. You are, you are, your religion is the result of your geographical location, your bubble, where you were planted and where you grew up. So I think it's very important that, like, that be acknowledged. And, and uh, as much as, you know, you are 100% sure and, and um, passionate about what you believe, though, not just you, T, I don't mean just you. I mean, just generally here in the Western part of the world, that we understand that people on, on the other side of the world are equally as, as passionate about what they believe. And we find a way to not make them, everybody else wrong. Well, not we, because I I, I, this is what I tell people. There are thousands of gods being worshipped around the world. If there if they are 500 gods being worshipped by different people around the, the world, Christians, let's say, let's say they are 500. Let's just put a number. Christians or Muslims, you know, or the, the people, the religions that have one deity reject 499 and they say theirs is the true one. We're not very different. I'm just one more. I just reject yours also. So we're not the only one apart. We're not that <laughs> That is what, so this is, I mean, just so that we ease up on the, on the, um, on the vitriol, you know what I mean? People get so combative yeah. about it. And it's not necessary. Like there, there's a whole lot more that I also reject. It's not just yours. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> and, it's, and, and so we have left opportunity the rejector. <laughs> rejector exactly. or rejector. So, exactly. So, so I'm words. just saying Everybody. that, like, it is so, like, I'm, I am very careful uh, to, to respect people's right to believe what they want to believe, to believe what, um, what they're comfortable believe them, believing. To be to to stay with what gives them comfort and stay with what gives them hope. I'm very respectful of it, in as much as I I am I don't 
participate in it. I understand it because I grew up in it. I understand why that is important. I understand why people are passionate about it. I know how the journey that it took for me to let it go. And so I, I'm very careful and mindful to always have space, you know, provide space for that, you know what I mean, for that difference and be okay with it. Because people are more to me than the religion that they, mm -hmm. that they practice. Mm -hmm. You are not just your religion. You are a mom that we have something in common with. You are a, you know, writer um, that we have something in common with. You are a person that loves to travel like Tash, that I, like I'm going to join uh, in that, you know, like yeah. we have Shani who is people that you, like Shani has, one of the things I love about Shani, I, I love your ability to speak. I like, I, oh. I admire oh, it. And so we, we have all these dynamics between us that I, that make us work. And it's okay that if we don't, you know what I mean? So I think us, this group here, we, we're like a good example of how people can recognize each other in each other. And can I just yeah, say, we have to make space for that. This group is the prime example of the importance of diversity of thought, right? Because yeah. not once did we argue, even when passion ensued, oh, yeah. but it's so important yeah. to have diversity of yeah. thought that is sorely lacking right now. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is, yeah, yeah. you know, like I said in my last, wants to be right. Everybody wants to be right. Even in my last po podcast episode, I mentioned that, um, it would be so important if people would just remember that this whole freedom of speech that we get to enjoy here in the great, you know, country of the United States is it belongs to everybody. Everybody has the right. It's not that, well, you get to decide what, what you think is right. And the rest of us got to jump on board. No, it is beautiful. Diversity of thought is such a powerful thing. And it is why we have democracy. And for all of those who want to, try and take it away no <laughs> no you know do you know i think you know one of the things i i, I think about americans uh are the beneficiaries of democracy but many americans are not democratic they don't realize it mm. we all enjoy the benefits of living in a democracy but we're not democratic minded ourselves we all want what we want and we try to take what other people, you know, we try to take from each other. We try to restrict people. We try to take away rights. We, like, oh, it's all for So us. are you saying that our democracy has become our handicap? <gasps> Is that what you're saying? I, <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. It's because we're spoiled brats, is basically, right? So it's become spoiled a handicap brats. for us. There you go. Oh, my. My, my, my. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Yeah, we take it for granted and we think that, you know, the, you know, also this free speech, there's some responsibility that goes along with it. Like people just feel as if they can, everybody has the right to say what they want, do what they want without being accountable and responsible for, you know, for what they say and what they do. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that was the intention with free speech. Like, oh, well, you can say whatever you want. And it doesn't matter the ramifications. Because a lot of times we don't think about the spirit behind why things are done. And I really don't think it's that's why. I think it was so that you could have 
you know, the right speech. Right. Period, diversity of that thought. Diversity like of thought. Said. Not so that you can, yeah, yeah. you know, shit on other people's feelings and then be like, oh, you feel bad about it? Well, sorry, go pick yourself up. No, it wasn't to be disrespectful to our fellow Americans. I think it was just so that we could have the freedom to to speak our minds, not to be blatantly disrespectful. I think people have taken it to a whole other place. They really have. They really, really, I interrupted somebody. Somebody was gonna say something. Was it Tashi? Natasha, was it? No, you didn't interrupt me, but I will chime in. Um, I agree, Darlene, because <laughs> it's full of spoiled brats. <laughs> um, because I've visited a lot of countries and the the difference that I see in every country is that nobody tries to outdo one another. And I'm talking about just the general population, mm. not, you know, the government, because they, of course, they have, they're the government, they do what they do. But the general population, okay. you know, everybody can coexist at the same time in the same room. Nobody is forcing any religion on anybody else or forcing their opinion on anybody else. It's like, okay, that's the way you feel. Cool. Let's go get some coffee. You know, it's not so, I, yeah, yeah, spoiled brats. And I mean, it's just what we were born into. So if anybody mm. out there don't have a passport, I urge you to get one. Mm. <laughs> I mean, because you to see your, yeah. when yeah. when you don't go out of your norm or out of what you view as like Life. your reality, you're in a right. bubble and you don't yeah. know that there's so much more out there that you're, for me, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like it was different at first, but now. I'm like, yeah, let me see, you know, what it is in this country. Let me see how it is in that country. But, yeah. you know, people people are a product of what they're born into. And a lot of, not a lot of, yeah. the United States, every child that's born becomes a product of that unless they get out of that bubble and see what else the world has mm -hmm. to offer. Yeah. And for anybody who might say, oh, well, you know, yeah, she's speaking from that perspective because she's traveled, she's seen a lot of things, but you've also lived in other countries. So you've seen the consistency and how they are. And so when you're speaking mm -hmm. about they're not in competition with each other in, in the way that, you know, people of the United States are, like, you actually know that for real, for real. So just for anybody who might have been getting slick out the side of their mouth. Right. Just to be transparent, I've lived and worked in the U.S. up until I was about, I was in my 30s. So that's all I knew. Yeah. Furthermore, in Florida, in one specific um, state. <laughs> we talk about Florida. They could try to come for me. All you knew. So going out yeah. to, you know, yeah. going to another state is exciting because it's something that you've never seen before or something you never experienced, even though you're in the same country. So going out, out of the country is like, mm. whoa, you know? So. Um, yeah, I've I've lived in about three countries. Oh, and, all right. You ain't had to yeah, it's, like that. Wait a second. Like, I, 
So we're we're just gonna say yes. I I'm I'm speaking from experience, is what I'm saying. Not you know, I'm not telling you what I heard, I'm telling you what I know. Mm. So say it again. That's all. All right. We done talked a lot about um We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but I want to ask because it just so happens that all the ladies on this panel here are single mothers. So can we just speak to single mothers for a little bit? Because I feel like we get a bad rap um, and that we don't get nearly as much support as we should. So um, I really and we don't got to talk about like how you became single. Right. as a mom, But really like what it is to all the things that you've overcome. And like the mindset shifts that you've had to go through to get to where you are now. Because like Darlene, you wrote a book raising you know, your son and your daughter. And your daughter was in college at the time, right? Um, to Cora, you have two boys. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, they're, you know, their dads are great. But yeah, you have two boys that you were raising and finishing your master's degree and co-authoring this book. And Tashi, you have been all over the country you have evolved so much and you were raising your daughter by yourself and I have two my my two girls so I just want to get your perspective on like some of the mindset shifts and adversity that you've had to overcome to get to where you are right now anybody go first don't matter I'll pick one to core like don't everybody go at one time <laughs> So, you know, I'm always going to give God his credit. That's just it. Um, When I became a single parent mother, Mm -hmm. it was difficult due to what, how I became that single mother. And I Mm -hmm. had truly had hate in my heart. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Nightmares of Killing. That's how. Girl, first of all, married women murder their husband. So, no, yeah. So, I had like dreams of that (laughs) and it was torment. So, I had Mm. to praise the Lord. I do not want this person back. Why release me? And God has released me where I can co parent. And even the person I can also have a good relationship with. Yeah. Because I realized my kids wasn't called. I went for them. Mm. And I want to make sure that they had a life, not seen any animosity. So God had to really cleanse my heart so that, you know, we can have a good parent, you know, be a, a family that way. But it's also good. Not everyone can have that relationship with the parent, with the other parent. It's not, it doesn't work for everyone. But I had, for me, I had to come to realization that I needed for myself. You know, I need Mm -hmm. healing, you know, and God allowed that healing to happen. And it's also good to have a village. Not everyone have a village, but God has allowed me to have a village around my children. That, you know, if I wasn't available, the father is, the father wasn't available, you know, people were there, you know, it was just, so when it comes to motherhood, single parents, single mothers, we have it difficult 
and it's not every single, I want to put this out for gentlemen that's out there mm -hmm. who hating on single mothers. Mm -hmm. Not all single mothers want you to take care of their children mm. because we are capable Let me lean of raising mm -hmm. kings and queens on our backs because we'll make sure we go on her fours to make mm -hmm. sure that they have the ability to stand and to elevate. So it's not all yeah. single mothers need anything. The only thing we need maybe is the compassion that we don't need. We will want, we will like, but we mm -hmm. don't need it. And I think that's the, the mindset of gentlemen these days, that they believe that single mothers want that help them raise their children their children no we don't not the majority mm -hmm. not the ones that i know not these beautiful sisters on this panel mm -hmm. you know and not the ones that i associate with so single mothers we got it going on and we can do it on our own but also it's good to have a village and yeah. to speak talk to mm. that's your role about this no, but well, <laughs> you know, I totally agree with the village aspect because, um, as much as we're viewed as super women, um, single mothers, because we do and are responsible for so much, we need help. Like we need a village. We need somebody to be able to, you know, pick the child up from daycare if they fall sick or like we need that village. Um, for me, it was, um, thank God, I only have one. <laughs> to be honest, I wanted a village. Like, I wanted a lot of children. But God was like, nope, I know that's what you want, but dang, what you really want. <laughs> so I have one, and um, it was, at first, a bit of a struggle for me because, like, for anybody, when it's your first time doing something, it's trial and error. And I tell everybody, like, it was definitely trial and error with my daughter. And she, she, um, she got into, you know, some stuff, but just like all kids, she wasn't a bad kid. Like from birth, I always say like, God gave me, he knew what I wanted and what I could handle. And that's what he gave me. Like from birth, she didn't cry much. She was like, she was she was like the best child ever. She is the best child ever. I'm biased. I got but um, <laughs> as she grew up, um, like kids see what's going on when we don't think they see that, mm -hmm. right? So they know when something's going on. It's almost, it's almost like they can sense something going on. They know when you're sad. Or, you know, like kids can sense that stuff. So um, hiding it from them is not, uh, it's, it's not successful. Yeah. So growing up, she would, um, like, she'll always be under me. And sometimes, well, as a, in her teens, she started growing into her own. And, you know, she got to a point where she was like, I'm scared to tell you stuff, you know, but now when I say that is my best friend, love it. like I would jump in front of a bullet for this little girl. Like mm -hmm. I love her. 
to life. It's it's amazing how that evolves. And even though, and I've told Shawnee this, is like, you know, when your kids grow up and you be like, oh, grow up and just, you know, have your own life. Do we really want that? Because no. I'm experiencing that right now. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, sad. <laughs> sometimes I get a little sad. Like, why don't you just come and, you know, stay for a couple of months, you know, just <laughs> hang out with your mama. So um, I definitely agree with your that um, it's not something that we need. We don't need, if, if we, if we show interest in a young man, that means we're interested in you, right? We're not lobbying people to be a stepdad for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're interested in you, then we're interested in you, not because of, you know, whether you can or cannot, mm-hmm. right? What you know, mm-hmm. take care of our kids or like we're we're very capable. If I open up my shirt right now, you'll see a big S mm-hmm. because that's just. What we do. I'll just say this because even though I'm a single mom, I'm not a single parent, and that's one thing I'm gonna give God thanks for that the kid's father, God chose mm-hmm. him for the kid, and He chose him for me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> and that is all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but I try to have, you know, I have two boys, so yeah. I try to have this relationship with them that I ask them everything. Yeah, we said.